Log Talk Radio. Yakuza! Yakuza! Yakuza Kick Radio! 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 This is the bulldozer, Matt Tremont. And if there's one place to listen to on the internet every Thursday, 9 p.m., Yakuza Kick Radio, Tremont says so. Who wants some? God help us, Jesus! God and baby, Jesus! Help us. Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Havoc, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking, yeah, Yakuza Kick radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Payne, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick radio. You're coming to come on Thursday night. This is a brotherhood, and we all stick together. Like my nuts. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best in internet wrestling radio, period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back, and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And Yakuza Kick Radio, and we're taking over. Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the ashes of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. Well, this is Mr. Insanity Toby Fine, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your jib, fella. This is Greg Excellent, Spirit of Dragon in the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, you're probably watching porn and you have this muted. You should be listening to it. Jason Mann. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. Give a nigga rope on this cowboy, guys. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but you certainly now look at that guy, homie. Fuck that. Black me. Bullshit, man. Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's next? And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J. Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza Welcome to Yakuza Kick Radio. I'm your host, Jake Al Morris. It's fucking uh, July 17th, 2019, uh, Wednesday at that. Um, so, yeah, guys, I, apparently I've been doing this show for nine years now. Um, I, I was just reminded that the other day by my uh, co-founder, former co-host of the show, um, Eric Williams. Um so yeah, nine fucking years ago I started doing this shit. Um, definitely come a long way as far as my quality, uh, my ability to do this overall. Um, you know, gone through a lot of ups and downs and and things like that. I continually still uh, fuck it depends in, depending on the week depends on whether I continue to want to do this or not or whatever. Half the time I hate podcasts and everyone who does them, and then. Uh, Sometimes I do them and I, you know, I'll get a couple of comments or feedback or this or that, or, or I'll just be able to reflect on what I do in comparison to what some other people do out there. I just feel like I'm, I'm kind of needed. Um, you know, I mean, there's just, there's so many carbon copy podcasts out there that just, they don't hold any personality. They don't have anything of substance. It's just, 
copy and paste. They might as well just be any kind of uh, random wrestling news site. And it's like the, the audio version of a wrestling news site. It holds no personality and they're just parroting out whatever they're reading on the internet. Then to me that that doesn't have any value to me. So, um, you know, I guess, uh, I feel sometimes what I do, you know, has some, some form of a uh, need or, or place in the, uh, podcast universe. So, uh, so to speak, um, to go back real quick, as far as the, uh, the inception of the show, um, not going to go into an enormous thing, but, um, for those who don't know how the show started, it was basically Eric Williams was doing another show, uh, the golden cravat show with a couple other people. And, um, he was going to do, um, an interview with Trent acid. Now he had done, uh, an interview with a few other people. He did one with the blackout, uh, where, I mean, like somehow he got knocked off the air. Like the host got knocked off the air and the whole blackout talked to each other. <laughs> like, I don't even know how that shit happens, but apparently he made it happen. And, um, yeah, like he, he had some interviews with some other people and they would talk about some indie stuff and this and that. And, uh, you know, I was just like popping around, listening to random podcasts. Podcasts were pretty new to me at the time. I was always behind on technology and that type of thing. So, when I first started to actually hear podcasts and things of that nature, it was like, you know, around that time. So I would be, you know, drawn towards any kind of interviews or things that related to the actual wrestling I was watching. So if I saw a blackout on an interview, I would, you know, I'd gravitate towards that or Eddie Kingston on an interview or this one or that one. So that's your to what he was doing over there. Um, he was going to have, uh, and I had hit him up about, hey, man, you know, listen to the show. Da, da, da. So then um, we had started talking, you know, back and forth about, you know, wrestling and indies and this and that, what was going on. And um, he was going to have Trent on. And uh, apparently Trent wanted to talk to some, you know, uh, fans, friends, whatever the case is. He wanted to have some callers call into the show. So Eric hit me up and said, dude, like, I know, you know, you said that you've talked to Trent quite a few times and, uh, you know, you're pretty on a personal level as far as a fan goes with him. And, uh, you know, so, you know, you want to call in and talk to him and shit. I was like, all right, man, I, I hadn't even really called in or talked or anything on a podcast before. I was never like a radio caller. I don't ever remember calling into any kind of radio show or, um, yeah, I was never one of these, like, you know, 31st caller, fucking win tickets. To, I was never one of those guys. Um, I never had any ambition to do, like, radio podcasts. I didn't know that, again, podcast was new to me to begin with, but I definitely didn't think, like, radio was in my future. I, I still don't think any radio is in my future, so that, that hasn't changed. But um, I definitely didn't think that I would have some kind of platform to start just speaking my mind and, you know, going off on whatever random topics I felt. Um. So it was like when I started talking to Eric and he's like, yeah, 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 calling a show. And next thing you know, like before he got to interview Trent, Trent died. And uh, so then it was like, well, fuck, uh, do you want to be on the tribute show? So it was like, all right, yeah, absolutely. So I called in, did the, um, you know, did the tribute show with him. And then from there. Eric was telling me like, yeah, you, you'd be great on the air. You, you know, you'd, you'd be great having a podcast or whatever. So they kicked around ideas about, you know, me possibly joining the podcast they were doing. I don't think that really jived too well with his co-hosts. 
And um, I mean, rightfully so, because I think in retrospect, you know, I am the type to kind of take over. I have a hard time sharing airtime. So my apologies to Shaheen and, and Eric and all the other random people I've done podcasts with, because I have, I have a difficult time sharing airtime and it's not a purposeful thing. It's just, um, you know, to know when to stop and start and not cut people off and shit. I don't know. I just, I, I like to talk. So once I get going, I get going, you know? Um, um, so, you know, I, um, talked to him a bunch on the phone and everything. And he, he said, look, you know, they don't want to have you on the show and this and that, like as, as a co-host they're they're really not having that, but, um, you know, would like to, uh, start off a show with you. Like you have your own show. And I'm like, fucking my own show. I don't, I don't know anything about that. And, uh, you know, in retrospect, he didn't know much about that either. <laughs> he has done it, you know, longer and, and been involved in it and stuff like that. But, um, there's a lot of rough edges on, on the things that Eric was doing. So again, like it, you know, it was really Eric's, um, dedication in that and really like belief in that I could have a podcast and that I would be good at this at all that that got me going into this thing because you know when the other people he was doing podcasts with that he actually knew personally he was like no no no, we're not doing a shit with this guy he could have just been like oh yeah I tried man you know what can you do but he went out of his own fucking pocket and said yo like yeah we'll launch your show and he paid for the whole fucking thing and it was just going to be whatever i wanted it to be like he really didn't have a shitload of input in it and it was kind of baptism by fire again there was countless ups and downs and a lot of downs um and mind you the whole time i was fucking deep in my alcoholism so you just gave a fucking drunk um like their own forum. And, uh, we started out the show. Um, again, I named the show Yakuza kick radio in tribute to Trent acid, because this is kind of how it all started. You know, my, uh, my fan friendship of Trent acid was the motivating factor to get me anywhere near this shit to begin with. So I felt like Yakuza guy, we kicked around a couple names and stuff like that. And when I came up with Yakuza kick radio, I felt, I felt really good about that. So, um, launched a show i wanted my first guest to be johnny cashmere so i i said i started this with saying i'm not going to get into a whole long thing and here i am um so hit up johnny and johnny was on some other shit at the time um he had come out of the closet and um he he had um was really pushing like the gay envelope so to speak and uh he was he was trying to really like like be really, really out there about it. You know what I mean? Cause uh, you know, be gay, be whatever you want to be, but like th- there's a difference between like marketing your homosexuality and, you know, just being a gay wrestler, you know, there's, there's a big difference between those two things. Um, so at the time he was teamed up with a guy, uh, Matt Walsh, who I don't think is wrestling anymore. I think I still have him on Instagram or something. I, I thought I saw pictures not that long ago. He's still fucking ripped. But uh, he, he formed a team with this dude, and he, they called himself Vanilla Man Candy. So that was, like, what he was pushing. He was, like, going for Mr. Gay Philadelphia and all sorts of things, you know. And uh, so did an interview with him. And, again, I mean, I know I was horrendous at this shit. Um, so it was just, man, 
figuring it out as I went along. And I had no idea what I was doing and just kind of stumbled my way through quite a few years of it. And, uh, yeah, I guess over time I got better and better at it. There was a lot of instances where um, Eric would, like, fall asleep on the air and shit. Or, uh, which, I mean, I, that's definitely no credit to my ability to entertain. <laughs> but uh, he would, like, fall asleep on the air. Fucking phone would drop off. Uh, something would happen where he'd have to hang up. And I was just, like, left stranded. So I just had to fucking learn to just carry the show. After a while, um, it just became, like, evident that, like, you know, I, I should just kind of do my thing. And Eric agreed with that. And, you know, we kind of parted ways that way. I'm always, like I said, thankful towards Eric and everything he did to launch this show. Because without him, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't ever happened. It wasn't even in my thought process to do a, a podcast. So, um, yeah, uh, that's just kind of where I went from there. Again, you can go back in the archives and listen to all my drunk years because I've been six years sober. So the first three years of this fucking podcast was a train wreck. Um and I, I'd imagine it got uh, gradually better from there or worse. I don't, I don't really know. It really depends on uh, what entertains you. Um, I'd imagine the first couple of years of the podcast would be like so bad. It's good at times. Um, but yeah, I, so, so I'm nine years in now for, for what that's worth. Um, so yeah, where, where do I go from here? I don't know. Fucking, uh, so, yeah, nine years. Next year, it's a 10-year thing. I'll try to do some all big shit uh, if I'm still doing this. Uh, I have no plans not to, but then again, again, you know, random weeks, I have no plans to continue this. So it really depends. Um, uh, over the past, I don't know, what, what is it, a week and a half since this uh, Joey Janela thing with the um, Enzo Amore, I started thinking, like, after I did the last show, I all of a sudden, like, in my head, I got this idea, and this sounds really lined up to me, and a uh, track I really liked, and a sound clip from the the infamous uh, Joey Janela Enzo Amore fight, I guess you call it, um, and, and it started just like replaying in my brain and stuff, and look, I, I'm no audio uh, engineering expert or anything of that nature, I'm definitely not the... Uh, you know, a technician on that end of things. But, um, so I kept thinking about it when I got home that day, I just had to put it together. So, uh, I don't know. check this shit out. that was kind of funny um so yeah uh what can you do um i uh got a bunch of things to get into here i'm trying to think what i should even start with first um i watched a shithead deathmatch tournament on friday and uh it was like what the fuck was it even called i don't even remember what it was called it was out in chicago 
there was like 30 fucking people at the show uh, in attendance. Um, this was just a fucking absolute piece of shit. Pretty good fucking lineup, you know. Uh, you had Schlack out there, Marcus Crane, uh, you know, a bunch of people you've heard of. And uh, it was just absolute shit. Um, so basically, uh, a few small, small highlights, I guess we'd call it. Uh, the front row was fucking empty. Now, here's the thing I don't understand. Um, I, I don't understand when a fucking show doesn't draw and has not even half a crowd. How do you as a promoter not move everybody you do have in the building to the fucking front row? Like, seriously, because on video, like, even if your front row is filled, it wouldn't look absolutely pathetic. But when they're white fucking chairs and all you see is just a big blank fucking section, you know, I mean, it's crazy as hell. Absolutely insane. Um, so that I don't understand. Um... At some point, it was uh, Madman Pondo and John Wayne Murdoch. Um, John Wayne Murdoch is is looking like fucking Ian out there at this point. He's fat as fuck. Um, I mean, I've heard some rumors about him and Ian, but uh, we'll just leave that. Um, I I don't know if you could start to look like a motherfucker from things like that, but I I wouldn't think so. Um... But, yeah, man, he's fat as fuck, man. Like, still absolutely no build to him. Arms are just non-existent. Um, and, uh, you know, just just fucking crazy, man. I don't know why, like, everybody has gone so far off the beaten path with the fucking uh, the weight and, and just, just giving a fuck at all. I mean, the dude is sloppy as shit. So then, um, speaking of that, um, Madman Pondo... Looks like he's retaining enough water to fucking hydrate California when they're going through a drought. The dude looks fucking terrible. Absolutely terrible. And, um, so they finished the match. The, the match was not good. Um, they finished the match with the worst Canadian destroyer you've ever fucking seen. Like, just, just fucking horrendous. Absolutely horrendous fucking, um, like... Pondo landed, like, on top of fucking Murdoch. They get nowhere near close to all the way over. Uh, Murdoch gets the win. Pondo gets on the mic and starts telling people, like, I, I don't know, he's got to be talking to the video audience because there was barely any people there. And clearly, if they paid for it, they're not against it. But he starts giving that, like, if you don't like what we do, you could suck my dick and shit. And, and my first thought is, like, who the fuck would that? And then I start thinking, oh, yeah, fucking uh, Sarah Logan sucked his dick for quite a bit. Quite a few years before she signed with the WWE, like, and then you just start, like, it took me probably, like, two matches of going, like, god damn, what the fuck goes on in this world? Um, but yeah, it just, everybody looks like shit now, I, I don't know what to tell you, I mean, not that Ponda was ever, like, uh, you know, in peak physical condition, but, like, when you're already kind of in bad shape to go, like, that far out of the, uh, out of the realms, it just, it's crazy as hell, it doesn't make any sense to me. And, um, you know, what can you say? Uh, it just, it's bad. It, it's real bad. Um, fucking Orinvite is overrated straight up. Um, I got the whole shit from him, you know, you know, where he was being pushed and pushed and pushed through, um, Ian's kid. 
And they were talking a lot of shit about how he was phenomenal and this and that and that. And I saw a match with him and Eric Ryan on GCW. I forget what show that was, but it was a fucking banger. Every other thing I've seen out of him has been lackluster. His tattoos are ridiculous. They look fucking stupid as shit. And he just he doesn't look that fucking great in the ring. Just doesn't. He has the ability to be good. He might have a good match here and there. He definitely has the ability to have a good match. But is he just like a fucking surefire uh, show stealer or any kind of shit like that? Absolutely not. So enough with this fucking guy. Um, I, I, overall, I'm just not that impressed by wrestling in general anymore. And, I, you know, I've been pretty open and honest about that. I don't consider myself a wrestling fan at this point. I, I've actually over this, this weekend, I've watched enough wrestling. I think I'm good for a bit. Um, I'm going to do this show, say a bunch of shit about a bunch of people, uh, review some things and all that. But, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'll do a show next week. Maybe not. I, I just don't. I don't have that fucking passion. I don't have that thought process or drive about this shit at all anymore. Like it, there's a few things that jump out that I go, Oh shit, that's what the fuck I showed up for. That's what I watched for or whatever. And then there's a lot of stuff that's just, it just falls flat. I've seen it all, man. I've seen fantastic fucking death matches, fantastic fucking, um, you know, spot fests and, and, and brawls and fucking, I mean, you, you name it. I've I've seen all this shit, and half of it I've seen live, sitting front row. So, it's it's weird to me to to just continue to, you know, watch this, and it's crazy, man. Because, just let me finish this fucking show real quick. So then the finals was like, um, apparently all the weapons they found was a single light tube and a cardboard box. So they made that work somehow, and G-Raver won the fucking thing, and then they apologized the next day that the, the promoter said something about, oh, we, uh, you know, there was a table full of weapons that you just didn't find or something. Just, just bullshit. Absolute bullshit. You know, I, I just, there's too many people doing this shit right now. It's oversaturation. Everybody wants to get a piece of it because they see the popularity. They get a couple, you know, a couple bucks together to get a show running. And then it just fucking falls on its face because there's just only so many people that are going to be successful at this. You either know what you're doing, you you really get a good uh, promotion and push behind your actual product, or or you're just fucking, you're pretty much doing it for yourself. It's like hosting like a private concert in your fucking yard. If you have the money to, to invite that fucking band to your yard and have them play in front of you and your neighbor, that's pretty much what these guys are doing with with wrestling at this point. And, you know, it is what it is, but it, it usually doesn't shake out that way. I mean, I didn't hear anything about paydays or anything on this, but I, I can't imagine these guys got paid a whole shitload of anything. Because, I mean, each fan, I, I fucking, I, I heard something stupid, like the, it was like $60 front row for this, so maybe that's why the front row was empty. But, and that, that's crazy, because at some point, yeah, you do have to bite the bullet and go like, no one else is showing up, I know front row was double what the second row was but like just move up guys it, it's fucking over for us you know just at least make us look good on fucking dvd you know uh i don't know it, it's just it's crazy what the shit goes through but anyway um i got hit up the other night after uh kind of a weekend of, of shitting on a lot of things and because that's that's kind of what i do i i observe the different things that are going on and i criticize them because the standard was set very very high to me from watching independent wrestling in the early 2000s live and and you know for a decade 
I, I watched CZW in its fucking heyday live. I watched Jersey All Pro father, firing on all cylinders live. I watched the first Homicide Teddy Hart match live. You know, um, I've seen like all the, the great fucking King of the Death matches, the Ted Petty tournaments, and I didn't see those live. But again, I, I was witnessing these things as they came out, as the tapes came out, as the DVDs later came out. I was watching these things, and the standard was set very fucking high to me. I watched the first Tango and Cash Invitational, the fucking PWG launch, and it was still one of the best tag tournaments I've ever seen. Um, you know, I, I got those tapes when they came out. Like, this, this is the type of shit, man. The standard was set in wrestling by wrestling. This isn't me having some pie bullshit standard that can't be reached because, like, oh, what the fuck, man? What do you expect? I expect the standard that you guys fucking put out for me. You know? that That's what it is. So, anyway, the other night, and I'm not going to, you know, put any you know, major shit on blast or anything else. It's just the basis of the conversation I have to just put out there. Because I, I very much rec- um, respect Chris Dickinson. Um, I like the dude a lot. Um, I've talked to him a lot, you know, personally and, um, you know, online or whatever, but, you know, he helped me out with some training stuff, um, a year or two ago. Um, and, and just overall, like he, he's still one of those guys that puts on the quality product that I, that I showed up for as a wrestling fan. This, this was the type of shit that I, you know, the reason why I watch wrestling is, his match against fucking um, Dan Moff. You know, that type of shit is why I still go, you know what, maybe there's a little hope. Maybe I should keep a, you know, one eye on the wrestling business. And um, he, he's proven a lot of times that sti- it still can be done to that level, to that standard that was set. So anyway, he hit me up and asked me why um, I've gone like full troll mode and... Um, and, and I told him, it's, I'm not trolling. I, I'm 100% giving my opinion. And uh, he said, yeah, like, it just seems like every time you come on here, you know, you're shitting on, uh, on, you know, on the Facebook, I'm shitting on something and complaining about this and that. As I basically what it is, is look, society is very, very fucking soft at this point. Everybody is catering to everybody's sensitive fucking opinions. And if you have something that falls outside the, the borders of that, if you have criticism for it, negative, then then it's fucking bad. It's just you're you're the you're the enemy. You're the bad one. You're the one who uh, look. This fucking guy never has anything good to say. But if you look through, um, I have a lot of good things to say. Just not a lot about wrestling. I love my fucking animals. I love my kids. Um, I love my my physical. Um, activities uh, i'm doing tough mutter in 100 degree weather on fucking saturday coming up you know uh, i love puppets i love uh there, there, there's there's so many different things i love my 49ers uh, you know what i mean like uh, th- there's so many things i love but wrestling has not held itself up as far as being one of those things so it's not that, and you know, by the end of us going back and forth a little bit, he kind of agreed with me. Like, yeah, yeah, things things aren't the same as they used to be. But again, the standard was set by wrestling. This isn't me just being negative and saying, hey, you know. Um, and I've always tried to be somewhat of a realist, and I've always tried to um, 
put things on, on, a, on an even perspective. Instead of saying, hey, I want the fucking uh, the Briscoes and the Young Bucks on every fucking card. Otherwise, your tag team division sucks. No, I want to see you do the best with the tag team division that you do have. And when I've seen a certain level of performance out of a certain wrestler or out of a certain tag team, or out of a certain company, I expect that level of performance. It's come to a point, and I got into this point even when I was still attending, and I wasn't bitter towards everything at that point, but, I, you know, I always criticize shit. I've always been critical that way. Um, and I just, you know, you, you would go and you'd go, oh, well, the, fuck. I, I came out here two hours. I left fucking work early. I, you know, I paid for myself, paid for my girl to get in here. Uh, um, the gas money, this, that, all that other shit. And, oh, this is just a build show. So this is just the same amount of money I would spend on any other show. But yeah, this is all just kind of like lead up show. So like the crowd might be half empty, but I still fucking paid as if it's the biggest show of the year. Like it's the same fucking price uh, across the board like that. So you start going like, fuck man. Like, I wish I could just have a little bit of an insight. Like when is going to be the show that somebody's going to go out there and try to make fucking history. When's going to be the show that th- th- this guy just pops out and tries to like put on the best match of his fucking career. And it was so hit and miss that, you know, I would just attend every fucking month, every fucking month, every month. And, and there was a couple of those, you know, there was a lot of those months here and there that you just go like, oh, fuck, man, I could have skipped this one. But no one's going to tell you, hey, don't show up to this show because they want to fucking make money every single month. But on on a more regular basis, CZW became almost every month was that. Every month was, fuck, man, I could have skipped this one. Uh, I mean, even if I caught the DVD or I caught the this, I'd rather sit at home and watch those two matches that were good instead of watching fucking six horrible matches or six meh, like nothing matches just to catch those two that I felt was worth it. All invested, not really worth like what I put out there. And it became very insulting to my intelligence to continue to just be like, no, no, fucking next show's going to fucking blow the roof off. And then you go and you go, mm, fucking shit, man. I saw four matches out of those same two guys in the ring there that were definitely better. And you can say what you want to say, but you know that there were shows that you saw those two guys trying harder than they tried that night. So then it's like, you know, fool me once, shame on me, shame, you know, that type of thing. And um, so, you know, these are things that they built over the years. And now it's just like, I I have enough. I have enough. I have a, have a good enough resume or good enough blueprint on what I know is possible and what I know can be done. And I know the standard that can be met. And that shit has been failed on way too many fucking times. And I'm just not accepting it. Do what you want to do. To this point, I, I've accepted 100%. Wrestling is not for me anymore. It's not catering towards me. It's not um, when the crowd's going fucking bananas for some of the bullshit that they're doing these days, the dick spots and the this and the that. Clearly, it's for somebody because everybody seems happy. Not me. So I don't have to pretend like it's good because everybody else is happy. I'll, I'll, I'll just admit that, yeah, like, good for you guys. You're making that fucking money. But for me, this this is not for me. That doesn't mean I have to shut up about it you'll hear me continually talk about the things I don't like. But if 
it's just one jerk off from Jersey's opinion. That's all. And I've stuck to that throughout. Yeah, I mean, I'm critical of fucking everything. But it's just my opinion. It shouldn't hold that much weight to you, especially if the crowd's packed. Fucking everybody's going bananas. People are buying dong-style shirts. Fuck it. Just my opinion. And if my opinion hurts that fucking much, it must hit home. It must hit a nerve somewhere where you're like, damn. He's telling the fucking truth, but I just don't want to hear it. That That's the only thing I could even pin any kind of actual feelings that go into, you know, butthurt on my opinion or whatever the case is. Because I don't say shit just to say it. I'm genuine about shit. Um, and, and that's just, you know, I, I'll give credit where credit is due. I have fucking, and we'll get into this a little bit later too, um, but... I have given GCW countless fucking credit. I have put them over so much about the good things that they were doing and, and, and the points where they were killing it and firing on all cylinders and shit like that. And I hate their fucking management. I think Brett Lauderdale's an absolute scumbag. I think Danny DeMano's a scumbag. From what I hear, he's not with the company anymore, but I, I don't like either one of those dudes at all. I don't give a fuck who likes them. I don't give a fuck who's buddies with them. I don't like those motherfuckers. Lauderdale's always been a fucking snake. He's been a weasel from day one. He he was the referee that got punched in the face by more wrestlers outside of the ring than anyone I've ever heard before. That wasn't because he was a great fucking guy and an excellent businessman. He's been a dickhead for a lot of years. And it is what it is. Again, I, that shit ain't got nothing to do with me now. That's just how I feel. I don't. I, he doesn't need to prove himself to me. I don't need to prove myself to him. You know, it is what it is. He puts on a product, I'll, I'll look at the product, and, I, and I'll judge it fairly. Again, by the standards that wrestling set. Not biased because I don't like the fucking guy. I, I straight up look at what he's doing. I've given him credit a million times saying, yo, he busted his fucking ass. He put this fucking show together. He's doing the stuff the CZW couldn't do or refused to do. Or, or, you know, ignored doing despite the fact that the fans continued to fucking call for it. This guy went and fucking pulled the strings and did what the fuck he had to do. He got Jody Fleisch back in the States after they, the fans were screaming, please come back through the Zandig years. Didn't come back. He fucking brings it back in. Hey, remember this guy? Fuck yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, he was the guy to bring these guys back in. When, when fucking Scott Summers was over like a motherfucker, DJ wouldn't bring him back. DJ was scared to bring him back. Couldn't bring him back. Loudy brought him here, here and there, but Loudy couldn't really afford him. He, 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 Loudy couldn't really afford much. It was like month to month. One month, month he could afford a guy. Don't plan on him coming back next month. He can't, he can't put out that money every month. So that, that's like, like the type of shit that would go on, but GCW found a way to make it happen. <coughs> and you could put countless, countless names in those slots of things that GCW continue to make happen. So it's never been about me not giving a person credit because I'm biased towards that person because I'm, I'm, I can call out my own flaws, but I'll call out other people's flaws too because I'm comfortable with calling out my own flaws. Yeah, as a dude six years sober, believe me, I had to call out my flaws a whole fucking lot. Um, but yeah, um, you know, it is what it is with that. Um, this whole fucking deathmatch shit is, is, is overdone. There's too much. Um, and, you know, there's a big tournament that's supposedly going to happen. I'll get into that in a minute. Um, I, uh, 
Uh, let me see. I, I got a bunch of shit to get into. Let me let me take a break, come back, and uh, hit, hit some of these other topics. All right? Hold on. Yo, I flow great, flow great. I hold weight, hold weight. Spit hot shit, need Colgate. Yo, teeth kinda yellow, don't floss between meals. Top of watch and the whip and floss between deals. Yo, I'm six foot one, you all notice them. Shot my first nigga two blocks from Paul Robinson. All over, son, you know my team, we all tow the gun. If a nigga sound like me, give the mic cause the road is done. Don't ask me shit about Paul, but don't roll with him. Just admit, fuck too much, take no control of them. Scar cypress. Divine rhyme shine like linoleum I'm no with them niggas can't cast the lines or show with them Yo, I'm updated, Duke, state of the art Motherfuckers frustrated and I'm taking your heart Day is the start, jump up, I tear you apart Fuck shit and bricks, my nigga, my day is the fart Yo Dining and clock at the vine lining. Watch what you say or get popped and get fine rhyming. Go toe to toe and get popped and get fine dining. I go copper watches and top it with fine diamonds. Go put my cock on top and get dime grinding. No, not the box with rock, you die trying. Go to the spot, but the cops be like iron. Damn, go get knocked with the crops and dive alignment. Yo, I don't talk about the coke I got. Most of the coke that I got came from folks I shot. I don't give a fuck if you blood or you a lot. Fuck with me, you had to have an open top. I go to the Vatican with the most potent rocks. The most Colombian shit off the boat and blocks. Tell my man Illinois, come and toast the Glock. While I give out samples, hope to hope for cops. Yo, why Bob a blue Bob? Swap, bam, boom, boom. Cops got a few blocks and popped on the two. Put your lighters up. Lighter yeah. than the air. When you bury yeah. Cap one. my body. Yeah. Please don't bury my soul. Yo, hey, yo, starting the roll. Rap gun barking the chrome. Whole Glock globe try like metal lock in the zone. I ain't trying to be the king, give me part of the throne. Split the shit between Sean Price, Carter, and Combs. Oh, you dumbass niggas know I'm smart with the poem. Call your crib, you ain't shit, dude. Fart on the phone. Send my man in jail some money for a car in the bones. Next time hit off his seat, cause he's starving at home. Pardon me, homes. Watch what you say, I don't play that. Bring the war away, that niggas shit shaving, they bad. Weak on the street, but when you see you act crazy. Black. Fuck you and your dogs, you ain't ready for this straight cat I'm the nicest rapper, niggas asking why you say that I can back it up, slap you up with the great gat Flip words faster, I'm the fat patch, say jack Van the white, man, I'm hype, dude, can you say that? Listen, yo So I just found out today that Carl Malone impregnated a 13-year-old girl when he was 20 years old and left, like fucking deserted her and the kid. And he's like an NFL player right now. Again, 
I, I ain't like the research guy. Like I saw his name before. I don't remember it. I'm not looking it up again. Um, so that's wild. Fuck that dude, man. And then to go on to have a career and call himself the mailman. I always deliver and shit. What kind of scumbag motherfucker is this? You know what I mean? I always thought he was like fucking like respectful country boy. Like fucking. He just seemed like quiet. Yeah, you know I mean, just did his fucking thing. Holy shit, man. What a dickhead. Fuck that guy. Um, speaking of motherfuckers fucking with kids, let, let's just burn this fucking bridge right here. James Ellsworth is apparently a member of the blackout now. Okay. Um, all right. Let me, let me just go on the respectful side of things first. Now, Ruckus and I go way back. Um, when I first started going to CZW, um, he was one of the first people to uh, approach us. Say, oh, yo, I, I see y'all on the tapes all the time. And, uh, yo, like, you know, what, how, what do you think of the matches, this and that? And, you know, so much about that you got to respect. Because Ruckus was, he was an overweight high flyer. You never saw a guy doing what the fuck he was doing. He he was he was at a weight you shouldn't have been doing handspring backflips and all this other shit, and he was doing that shit to to a very high level. Um, this this guy like he man, he innovated. He continued to just like do things to stand out. In a you know, in a in a business that that none of that shit was really like I don't want to say like accepted but it wasn't expected at all it you know to see like this dude doing what he was doing especially yo like Sewell New Jersey like it that wasn't like haven for like black wrestlers <laughs> you know it was an independent company CZW they had a bunch of for the most part white dudes out there doing deathmatch shit, and you know you had your your Trent Acids and Johnny Cashmere's and and um you know Justice Pains and Nick Gages and your you know Nick Mondos and you know Rick Blades. Yeah, these guys that were out there doing like big big shit. But like you know, I mean when when I went to CZW for the first time, we got lost going there the first time, crushing the competition, February two thousand one. And it was just like fucking cornfields. That whole fucking town was just like cornfields. We drove past uh, Girk's Deli like five fucking times before we even found the place. Like that that fucking town was pretty much deserted. Like this this wasn't like you know it didn't seem like a very uh, multicultural fucking environment. You know. So, but again, the the things he was doing out there, and then to come up to us, that blew my mind from the start, and I'll never forget it. Because this dude cared enough about his craft that he was watching the tapes to see the reactions of the fans when he did certain shit. That's fucking respect right there. That that shows somebody who's trying to better themselves on a regular fucking basis. If you're watching the tapes back to see how people reacted to the shit that you're doing out there, not only worrying about innovating and getting better at what you're doing and training and doing this and this and this, but legitimately looking at 
When I did this, what did they do? How did they react to this? How did they do this and that? And that made me go like, yo, this dude, yo, not only is he doing some impressive shit out there, I see the passion in this dude. I see the fire that this dude is, he's going above and beyond. When I went into 2003, well, no, 2002, when they headed into the arena, um, he had pretty much hit a, hit a point of feuding with Trent Acid. And they were just tearing it the fuck up. I mean, this was like such a great feud. These dudes had such chemistry and the back and forth and what they came up with together because those were two very innovative dudes. Um, you know, they they had fucking magic out there. Um, when the blackout was created, this was another one of these things. It was like, yo, innovative shit. These guys were doing some real shit, like hip-hop shit, you know? And um, it, it wasn't something that was very... Um, it wasn't it wasn't um like a consistent thing out here, you know. So they they stood the fuck out, and they were doing real big, innovative, standout shit. I know I keep saying innovative, but that innovation is one of the biggest things that caught me in wrestling. Intensity and innovation are the two things that I love the most about wrestling. Um, when you see uh, guys who are doing creative stuff, that always catches my eye, and, and intensity always catches my eye. Um, because that's, you know, it's something, um, you can't just mail in, you got to keep coming up with new shit. You got to keep thinking and trying to create and trying to make something better, make something more out of what already was. And so much of what wrestling is now is complacent. And, uh, you know, they're doing a lot of the things that have been done already and over and over and over and over. And I just get bored with it. But again, this is for a new crowd. So some of the stuff might be new to them. This is why, you know, it's, it's very easy to see that it's not for me again, you know. But, um, so anyway, back to, you know, ruckus and all that. Uh, so they were doing a whole blackout thing. And, you know, I'm not going to go through this dude's whole career or anything like that. But there was a certain point where this dude t- hit a, he hit, um, he turned a corner and he decided to turn his fucking game up. And suddenly, oh, ruckus was fucking losing weight. Ruckus was whipping himself into fucking shape. Next thing you know, Ruckus was world fucking champion. CZW world champion. It definitely wasn't something that you saw coming. You you didn't see him as a world champion guy back then. He was that high flyer guy. He was the guy who was probably too fat for the junior title, but he still contended for the junior title. They did the whole weight, put him on the scale, all this stuff. But this dude was the guy that, you know, could hang with any junior even at, you know, a higher weight. Now, he had hit the point where he was going to be CZW world champion, and his stuff got a lot crisper, you know, once he, he got in better shape, which is a lot of what I've said about a lot of these guys who were, you know, out of shape. They'd be that much better. Even if they're good now, they'd be that much better if their body was in fucking condition to do this shit. Like, it, it, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out if your body becomes athletic, they're, it's going to be better at performing athletic things. It's just, it's just the natural progression of things. Um, so, Ruckus um, really hit a fucking peak. He really hit a point where the world was fucking his for the taking. He still had something unique. There might have been some other, you know, all money is legal and this and that, the different hip-hop gimmicks out there and this and that, but Ruckus was still Ruckus. And he had hit a point, he was getting booked with Ring of Honor, um, he, you know, with the Vulture Squad and this and that. 
Um, now, I know when Zandig sold the company to DJ, that was a big, that was a big, uh, you know, nail in the coffin or uh, whatever you want to call it for the things that were going on with Ruckus. And I can't speak for him completely to see where the bottom completely fell out, but this was definitely one of those things. Um, DJ, him and DJ hadn't gotten along before at all. And I said from the start when they put him and, and Robbie in the Hall of Fame, that was to write him off. That that was so like, you didn't have to call for him anymore. They're Hall of Famers. They don't really need to be booked. They're, they're in the history of CCW. So it was a way of DJs kind of putting them behind them. So with all the uh, respect that might come with a Hall of Fame honors, it was still kind of a way to be like, all right, we're all done with you now. And until that whole Zandig uh, invasion angle thing, that that was it. That They weren't fucking brought back. They weren't going to be brought back. Um, so as ruckus, but at some point it just became like the guy who was in ring of honor, the guy who was in the CCW world champion, wasn't really working many shows anymore. Wasn't booked anywhere you fucking heard of is working the fucking shindies and, and he's teaming with fucking Robbie Marino. Now let's get into Robbie because Robbie goes deeper. Robbie goes way fucking deeper. Robbie Marino is and always will be a manager. That's all he'll ever be. Robbie's a horrible wrestler. Robbie's one of the worst wrestlers in independent wrestling. And the reason I could say that without hesitation is because the guy has been in the business for about 20 years. And he's terrible. He's terrible like students that started last fucking week, two weeks ago. He doesn't know how to fucking act. He looks crazy in the ring. His moves look sloppy as shit. He doesn't know how to sell. He doesn't know how to do a fucking thing. And this isn't me saying, oh, I know how to wrestle. I don't know how to do a fucking thing. But I know how to fucking watch wrestling and go like, that guy's not that good. And he's not that fucking good. And that's being polite. Um, We're not going to be too polite here, though. Um, So, Robbie has talked himself into it would look better for his son to watch his dad be a wrestler. Robbie had, again, the world in his hands if he played to his strengths. Now, I know the WWE isn't really um, a manager, very interested in managers. They should be, and there's a lot of people who could really benefit from that. Like Uha Nation, like Ricochet. Those guys need fucking managers. Those guys are talented out their fucking ass. They can't talk for shit. You get a guy like Robbie Marino, you could talk fucking people into the building. You could build feuds based off of the things that Robbie Marino is going to say. But Robbie, Robbie couldn't be content with that. Robbie wanted to be the star. Robbie wanted to be the guy. Now, on the Shindies, you could fucking, you could be in the main event versus, uh, you know, all all the old fucking WCW names and the old DC, you could be main event against Gary Wolf, or you could be main against versus uh, the Sandman or, or fucking Glacier or whatever the fuck. And it'd be like, hey, now he could show his kid. Hey, you remember that fucking guy? Like, look at me in the main event against that guy. But nobody, no fucking real legitimate company will book him and take him seriously at all. Because he's not a good wrestler. He stays on the shit year round. So his body's all fucking ripped up. Well, his upper half is all ripped up. 
because he's not he's not big on training legs. But that that's it. That's it. So he's all shredded the fuck up and tanned out of his fucking head, but like he's still a terrible fucking wrestler. So that that's where Robbie is. That that's where fucking Robbie is. And for Ruckus to go from where he was to now at this point, Ruckus is now fatter than 2001 Ruckus. And that's that's tremendously disappointing because this is a guy who I, you know, again, met up with back then. We had talked so, so fucking much, so much. Like every show, I would talk to guys like Ruckus, talk to guys like Trent, talk to so many guys like this over the years that became like friends. You know, Ruckus, I mean, shit, man. Like I, I have had a very personal fan relationship with Ruckus over the years. I, I consider him a very good dude. But to see a guy who you knew you wanted to succeed more than fucking anybody and watched him fucking get his body into shape, get his fucking name on cards that other people were fighting to get on because he fucking earned it. To watch him disintegrate back down to not innovating at all. He's still doing the same fucking moves he was doing 15 years ago right now. He's not coming up with no new shit. The only thing they're doing now is like cornball catchphrases, like fucking saying somebody's name and dropping an elbow together or, or, or some shit like this. And he's teaming with Robbie, who should never be in a fucking wrestling ring as a fucking wrestler ever. He wouldn't have been in any Hall of Fame under the sun as an actual wrestler. No one would have put him in as a cash Marino. Motherfuckers put him in as the manager of the fucking blackout. That's it. Bottom fucking line. And any legitimate fucking wrestler that's not trying to be nice to Robbie would say the same fucking thing. So now um, we're in 2019. James Ellsworth was running around trying to fuck with teenage girls. And the wrestling world fucking abandoned him. They walked the fuck away from him and rightfully so. And it shows just a little bit of shred of fucking morality when people walk away from this chinless piece of shit. Because, you know, look, man, how much does wrestling cater to kids? Quite a bit, right? Quite a bit. And and when you hope that there's young boys and young girls in the crowd, if you got a motherfucker out there that's eyeing them up on some kind of uh, thirsty shit, that motherfucker belongs gone. Get him the fuck out of here. Because if everybody else is in it for the for the entertainment sense of wrestling, for the same reason of trying to entertain the crowd, maybe get kids to buy these shirts and follow you and help support your career, but not in a way where you're trying to fuck them. But when you got a guy like that in a fucking business, that's a cancer. That's a fucking problem. That's where, you know, buildings are trying to get you fucking banned. You know, people who aren't fans of wrestling, mothers and, and fathers who aren't fans of wrestling are going to see this guy come into town and go, wait, wasn't that the motherfucker I saw online doing that shit? It makes your whole show look like shit because you're allowing that shit on the fucking card. Now, the blackout, the blackout, what it was, the fucking G's and Ruckus and Robbie's the fucking manager and Chrissy's the fucking manager and, and then Kingston and Joker. When you got this fucking squad, the shit put together a fucking resume. The shit put together a catalog of what the fuck they were doing. And in 2019, you can't let go of your friendship with this fucking pedophile. And he's he's part of the blackout now. The fuck out of here, man. The fuck out of here. It's disrespectful to every fucking buddy who ever supported you. It's disrespectful to your fucking kid. 
It's disrespectful to everybody because if you had a daughter, he'd be eyeing your fucking kid. Shit isn't cool, man. Shit isn't cool at all. I got this motherfucker that lives up the street from me. This motherfucker got arrested in a sting operation trying to lure a 15-year-old boy. I got three girls. That shit doesn't make me all right with that. Yeah, I mean, that shit, that shit doesn't fly, man. As a father, you shouldn't be cool with that. I don't give a fuck with wrestling. Fuck wrestling. If you don't have the fucking morals to look at that shit as like, yo, fuck this dirty ass shit here. Fuck the shit he's doing, man. Fuck all that. Then, then fuck you. I, I ain't got respect for you. You're going to run around and, and seriously, dude, you're 40 fucking years old. And you're just going to keep fucking running around flexing and shit in public. Like, what kind of shit is that, man? What, what, what kind of fucking life are you building? Half his posts on fucking internet look like he's a 13-year-old girl. The drama that comes out of this dude. Dude's on suicide watch half the time. And he went on a podcast last year talking about how hard the year was for him because um, the wrestling world turned their back on a good friend talking about Ellsworth. Oh, and, and a mentor of his killed his family and this and that. Talking about Rebel. Okay, move past this shit. Why don't you just be a fucking man and a father? Fuck wrestling, man. This shit is a hobby. Hobby Marino, man. You are not a fucking professional. I mean, you're a professional as far as some jerk-off shindy company paying you, but as far as you being on TV or anything like that, that ain't a fucking thing. It would be if you humbled your fucking self from the start and played yourself as the fucking manager. Maybe you'd be on fucking AEW. Maybe you'd be on fucking... A ring of honor maybe you'd be on fucking uh um tna you'd be on fucking nxt wwe some kind of shit as a manager because as a fucking talker you had it you had it but if you just want to play wrestler on a, on a, on the minor leagues then then that's where you're at and you want to defend fucking pedophiles and this is your boy and you ain't looking to step away from that then then you're guilty by association that's the type of motherfuckers you fuck with that's the crowd you run with. That's your boy. Yeah, I mean, so when everybody in the wrestling business is looking at you like, yo, what the fuck is this guy here for? That's that's everything you even accomplished, the people you hung with, the crowds you rolled with, the companies you existed in when they were fucking big. That's all that shit down the fucking drain because you washed your fucking morals away for this fucking business. And And it's like, you know, He's so fucking delusional, I can't even fucking feel bad for him because he's married himself to that delusion. That's going to be forever for him. What I feel bad for is Ruckus, who, that's his right-hand man. And Ruckus has just downgraded himself to, like, Robbie was always his boy, Robbie's his right-hand man, and this and that, and Robbie's living on some bullshit, and he's just letting him fucking tag with him, and yeah, we're the blackout now. That's like like the fucking... That's like a spinoff show. That's what that is. That's that's not the real fucking blackout. People want to see the blackout. They want to see Ruckus and G's, Ruckus and 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 Kingston and Joker and and that that's the blackout. Is those four guys, those four wrestlers, are the blackout. This day and age, come on, man, run around out there with fucking Robbie Marino doing the T gimmick. Y'all ain't the backseat boys. Cut it the fuck out. You know goddamn well. If anyone knows, it's fucking ruckus. Come on, man. 
And Robbie was good friends with Trent for many, many years before fucking wrestling in this and that. He goes way back with him. That doesn't make you Trent. That doesn't make you a fucking wrestler. That doesn't make you somebody anyone wants to see. It's it's fucking ridiculous. And and when you guys hit your fucking selves to this fucking guy and, and proudly fucking run around out there with this dude. Oh, we're the blackout now. Man, fuck out of here. Shit is just ridiculous. You know, and I fucking, you know, I, I was walking around with fucking blackout shirts on. I had I had a blackout shirt on, on my oldest daughter when she was a baby. Yeah, I mean, this type of shit, it just, it, it spits in the face of anything you've ever created. Because it just, just the bullshit you're doing now, you're on cruise control at best. Running with fucking donuts on your fucking wheels because you broke all the fucking tires off this motherfucker. The radio's taped into the fucking dashboard and shit because the screws broke off when someone tried to steal it. This this is the type of shit that that's the vehicle to blackout right now. Fucking mirrors taped to the fucking windshield and shit. Yeah, I mean, this this is the bullshit. The, there's bolts on the fucking seat that, that ain't connected, so when you make a left, everybody leans the fuck over. That's what the fucking... That's the vehicle of the blackout right now. It, it's disgusting, man. I, I can't fuck with it, man. At all. You should be ashamed of yourself. You really should. So, um... So yeah, uh, that that that's all I gotta say about that. I think. Um, but yeah, like you know, I, I said some shit, and he tried to say some shit back. Like um, Ellsworth tried to say some shit, like oh yo, that's because it wasn't real. Uh, uh, your mother has the pictures. Like a mother joke in fucking 2019. Like dude, you you shit isn't. There's nothing cool about you, bro. You were booked on the WWE because you're a fucking weird looking motherfucker. You were the next Colin Delaney, like weird skinny looking fucking dude. To get thrown around and be the awkward guy in the match. You you were the fucking ugly duckling that they threw in the fucking ring. To be like, this guy doesn't fit in. What is he doing here? Oh my god, I can't believe they let him win. Like, what? That's what your fucking career is. And it paid you and this and that. So, to you it doesn't matter. And all that shit. But, don't, don't gas yourself up, bro. You ain't built like that. You're a fucking clown. So, so I told him, you know, like. Yeah, your mother jokes are awesome, and uh, that's why nobody relevant in the business fucks with you. Go do some fucking push-ups. And he goes, oh, yeah, I, I don't need to. I'm rich, but thanks for your concern and shit. So, it, it, you know, it, it's, again, I, I like, this is why, like, wrestling isn't for me, man. Did This disgusting type of fucking human being is not on my level. You know, when people hear this fucking podcast and and, and I talk to this shit and, and some people on, on his little fucking wrestling fan group pages and shit go like, he thinks he's better than people. I'm better than a lot of you motherfuckers. And it's not a thought. It's a fact. It's an absolute fucking fact. I've been in a fucking job for almost 20 fucking years. I beat alcoholism. I've been sober for six fucking years. I have 7% body fat at 41 years old. Because I busted my fucking ass. I'm doing a fucking tough mutter on Saturday in 100 degree weather. You motherfuckers aren't on my level. I speak real. I don't have to kiss people's ass so they fucking like me. I- I'm not looking to get fucking wrestlers on my side and be like, oh, did you hear what I said on the show? Do you like? Did you did you like that? Motherfuckers who like hearing the fucking truth and like hearing me just call it like I see it will hit me up, and I respect that, and I I, I love that. 
But I'm not saying shit specifically to get motherfuckers' reaction because I don't give a fuck about it. I, I don't care about it. I talk about this shit because it's it's just it's just something to do. This is a hobby. I, I like yo. I, I go to fucking Walmart, and on the way out of fucking Walmart, I'm like you see that motherfucker this and that. It doesn't take energy. It doesn't take like oh well you you waste your time talking about ah eh, just it, I don't really have shit to do at the moment. Do you know what I mean? And like. An hour, like two hours, I'll go to bed. I'll wake up in the morning. I go to work. I mean, six days a week. This is what I do. So every once in a while, I pop on the fucking air, yap about some shit for two hours. If I'm not doing that, I'm fucking sitting there watching TV, yapping about shit. So it doesn't make a fucking difference. So don't like, don't flatter yourself and think that oh, you wasted all this time on me. You spent time on it. It's nothing. It's fucking nothing to me. It's 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 not really that serious. Um. So that's um, that that's that whole fucking situation with that guy. Hey, this bagel guy. You guys see this fucking bagel guy, uh, Chris uh, fucking bagel guy. I forget what his last name is. Um, bugging out in the fucking bagel store. Uh, my first thought on this guy is like, yo, this guy's gonna put somebody in the fucking ground. Cause then I saw the the video where he um he was interviewed on on News 12, New Jersey and shit. He was in Long Island. I hope I see the little motherfucker when I go to um. Now he's famous and shit, so he's he's unlikely even be in fucking Long Island. But um, he was on like a bunch of serious shows the other day. Uh, Jim and Sam, and he was on uh, Shade 45. I'm pretty sure he didn't tell the same jokes on Shade 45 as he did on Jim and Sam, because he was on some racist shit, this little motherfucker. Um, but uh, he's like he's like borderline retarded. Um, at first, I thought like, yeah, like he he's gonna kill somebody. This guy, like, you know, you 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 in a crosswalk and you see that motherfucker at the stoplight, and, and you like point and laugh at him like he's just gonna gun it like your life is over this fucking guy and I, I don't know if that's outside of the realms of possibility but um I don't know like he, he was on that that interview talking about like yeah man like uh I, I got a little scuff on my elbow from when the dude slammed me in the bagel store but uh yeah yeah this little mark on my my leg that's not from that I was in the woods hitting a tree with my my little Yankees bat and which is, it's funny all by itself that he has a little bat. Like, he doesn't even have, like, a regular bat. Like, he's got one of those little souvenir bats and shit, which is really funny if the guy's, like, short to begin with. Um, but, yeah, like, a lot of that shit is, like, very, very comical to me. Um, but then, like, hearing him on the Jim and Sam show, I got a little bit more perspective of, like, this dude is just, like, of a very low, simple intelligence. Like, he laughs at real, like, dumb, petty shit that's not even funny. Like, maniacally laughs at this shit. And uh, he's he's on like a huge media tour now. Um, he's gonna be boxing that um, hide your wife, hide your kids fucking guy. Um, but he even gave away on like the Jim and Sam show that it's fixed. He was like, they're like, yo, so so are those fights fixed? He's like, oh, I'm not allowed to say, but I, I know what's gonna happen. They're like, well, you just fucking told us. He's like, uh, maybe I did. I don't know. Ask my manager. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to tell you that or not. Am I allowed to tell him who's winning? <laughs> it's just like, what the fuck? So. Uh, that, that's a wrap. Um, but yeah, it, it, shit was probably pretty funny to me. I think the funniest you'll ever see him though, is that, that fucking video in the, in the bagel store where the dude tells him attack me and then he, <laughs> he attacks him. And then the, the video, the follow up video, news channel 12, where he's talking about beating a tree in the woods with a bat and how he's like the Martin Luther King of short people. 
Um, yeah, like that I think is the best you're going to get out of that dude. Um, so that's that guy. Um, at this point with these fucking wrestling shows, I, I talked a little bit about uh bar rescue and shit last week. I really wish we can get like a John Taffer fucking uh, like wrestler wrestling rescue and shit where like motherfuckers get like 30 people in the fucking crowd. There's a fucking box and a fucking light tube in the ring and he could just come busting in the door and be like, shut this shit down. You don't even move the people to the front row. You look like an asshole on DVD. Shut it, shut it down. I'm not coming back in here unless you're paying these fucking guys. Get the fuck out of here. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just want to see someone come in and just regulate. Like, nah, you didn't reach the standards. That's it. Like, you have no right running this fucking shit. This is ridiculous. Get the fuck out of here. You know what I mean? Like, somebody needs to fucking regulate this shit. There's everybody with a fucking, uh, like, a half a dream and, and some asshole paying for the fucking, the locker room. Like, it's crazy. Everybody just runs a fucking show. Uh, so... I guess we'll get into some asshole runs a show. Um, fucking Ian's kid is doing this fucking thing. Now, when he did this deathmatch tournament, uh, it wasn't a tournament. I don't even think it was a tournament. It was fucking just a show, I think. I'm not even positive on, on what that whole thing was. The, the train wreck show that he did with um that kid what the fuck was that kid's name i do such wonderful research um i don't know he was like an untrained fucking fan and then he was being thrown through like fucking pyramids of light tubes and he got like just fucking annihilated by these tubes and then it brought all sorts of media attention the dude didn't have fucking permits and then the media jumped on it was like what about aids tests and this and that and the blood and all that so, like, it got all the negative publicity in the fucking world. And, again, had, like, fucking 18 people in attendance. And, and that was his fucking big, I think, debut show for Trainwreck Wrestling. So, like, that that was the fucking launch. And the dude got such negative fucking response from it that his fucking statements online, like, his father was burying it going, not everybody should be doing this shit, da 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 Not everybody should be running deathmatch shows, all this shit. This is his own father. So, following that, fucking, like, this, this J.C. Rotten says, after the deathmatch tournament, the, whatever the fuck it's called, um, Southern Sickness Cup, I'm done with wrestling. So, he is telling you guys he's disappearing after this show. I don't know how much fucking, how many more red flags you need. This dude is running this show in October, a two-night, 24-man deathmatch tournament. Following this debacle that he just fucking had, that got nothing but bad publicity. So the follow-up on that is he's going to run a two-night tournament, which is very, very difficult to pull off. There even became a time where Ian decided, let me scale it back to one night and started doing King of the Deathmatch one night. And then he, you know, he bumped it back to two nights and this and this. But, like, not many deathmatch tournaments run two nights. So that right there is going to take a lot, a lot to come through and pull off two fucking nights. 
especially from the fucking dickhead kid who couldn't pull off a one fucking night in some garage without getting more negative publicity on that deathmatch tournament than I've seen on anything in deathmatch wrestling, like including fucking Carnage Cup that was doing such blatantly stupid shit, and still he got more actual exposure on the negativity about the shit than Carnage Cup ever did. Because amongst the Deathmatch community, Carnage Cup might have got put on blast, but this shit actually hit media. There was actually, like, some pretty mainstream media covering the fucking debacle that they put on there. So so that, that's what he had in, you know, this, this last show. So now he's got between now and October to, to collect everybody's fucking money, like Corporal Robinson with the fucking Kill em All Cup. He's, he's learned from the fucking best. And he's taking pre-sales. And, get this shit. He's taking pre-sales, and if you pre-sale before September, you get a pair of fucking sweet sweatpants. I'm not making that shit up. (laughs) You getting the pre-sale before September will get you a pair of sweet sweatpants. That's fucking great. I mean, that, that is fucking great. Um, so here's the 24 guys in this fucking tournament. Jeff King, Marcus Crane, Cole Raderick, John Wayne Murdoch, Oren Vite, Calvin Tankman, Cody Rice, Akira, Alex Zane, Zodiac, Casanova Valentine, Eddie Only, Schlack, with an exclamation point, um, Matt Tremont, Jeremy Lloyd, G. Raver, Deadly Dale, Colt 45, Reed Bentley, Dale Patricks, Raven Havoc, Eric Wayne, Matthew Justice, and Arrow Boy. And I'm telling you, this fucking show will not happen. If it does, motherfuckers will take an absolute beating on it. Now, the one thing I did notice, and I, I will point out, um, let me see. Where was it that I, I pulled that fucking thing up? Um, the fucking sweet sweatpants. Um, <laughs> I have to pull up where the fuck it said that. There it is. So what I noticed is Pro Wrestling Trainwreck and High Tone present Southern Sickness Cup. So I don't know what the fuck High Tone is. But if this fucking thing goes down, High Tone will be taking the colossal beating on this fucking show. Somebody is losing fucking money. Somebody's losing fucking reputation. Somebody's all sorts of fucking shit is going to come out of this fucking show if it happens. So I put on my Facebook that like if you if you book pre-sales for this, if you buy pre-sales and you get these fucking sweet sweatpants and shit like that, I don't respect you. Because like how many fucking times are we going to run the, the these retarded laps, these special olympic laps around this same fucking track that we're just going to keep going like, "Oh dude, he didn't send me my money. It's fucked up, man." Like, "I don't, man. I I, re- I reported him to fucking PayPal cuz like he didn't send me the money back and like, what the fuck?" And I can't believe like I don't want to hear it anymore. So, what my plea was is if you could just delete yourself off of my Facebook if you're on my Facebook and you took the pre-sale bait with those sweet sweatpants that no one could resist. 
and um, you know, delete yourself from the planet if possible. Because I, I'd rather hear about, I, I'd rather read about your passing than about you not getting your money back. Because I've just, I've had enough. Enough with these fucking people who don't have the intelligence to stay away from like traffic. Like, if you're just going to play in the middle of the fucking parkway and get hit by a car, and then I'm supposed to go, like, oh, man, that's fucked up. That guy should have slowed down. Like, no, you shouldn't have been on the fucking parkway, stupid. And it's just, at this point, it's natural selection. That's all it is. Like, you deserve to not have money ever in life if you just keep giving it to people in the rotten family and the fucking... The the Corporal Robinsons. If he's like, yeah, oh, this time, brother, I mean it for real, and you hand him your money again, then you're a fucking idiot. And that's it. So, I posted this shit like, yeah. So who thinks this fucking tournament's happening? And it was like fucking fifteen people going like, nope, nope, not happening, absolutely not happening, da da da, not happening. So John Gray. Uh, Formerly of the real side of wrestling, uh, the real side of wrestling doesn't exist anymore because the guy who um, was running the real side of wrestling uh, feed was the guy who was faking cancer. And, um, you know, I mean, this, this is the type of people that John hooks his wagon to, which is, again, like, how many fucking times are we going to run these fucking laps? I, I don't understand. So he jumps out there and be like, what about uh, those of us who are booked, all caps on the booked, on said show? Also, just a question, not trying to ruffle any feathers, but should this thing happen without a hitch and everything go good? Or are you going to post that you were wrong? Again, as I spoke earlier, spoke, <laughs> spoke earlier, I am not one who does not give credit where credit is due. If this fucking idiot rotten kid goes out there and puts on the best deathmatch tournament of all time, by all means, I'll call it the best deathmatch tournament of all time. It's not going to fucking happen. And if anyone should fucking know, it should be John Gray. But if you're going to be that fucking naive and silly and come on my fucking page and jump out in front of defending this thing this far ahead of it, I don't want to hear about it. Because this, again... I said this fucking Mike guy was bullshit when he was running this fucking podcast. And I and I told people when I was burying that other fucking idiot kid that he did the podcast with. And I said, you know, this guy, he sounds like someone is holding him up by his shirt collar while he's doing the fucking podcast. And he's telling people he's got like 13 kids and he's got cancer and he's got this and that. And I'm just like doing the math on simple shit like. Dude, you can't go to a restaurant with 13 kids. Like, this shit would cost you, like, $1,300. You know, it, it, it would cost you, like, $800 to order pizza with that many fucking... Like, obviously, I'm exaggerating. I know pizza doesn't cost that much money. But, I, you know what I mean? Like, every single thing would cost so much money. You, you watching and investing in wrestling shows and doing a pot... Like, there's no way any of these things would be happening. None of these things would be happening. Like... There's people with two kids. You can't hear, like, a fucking two-hour podcast without kids in the background. Like, this dude was just, like, fucking air, fucking quiet in the background doing his fucking podcast. Like, it, it, it's insane. And and I called, like, not bullshit on his whole story because I never got invested in his whole story like that. But I was like, fuck this guy. He ain't got, he, I'm not I'm not buying any, any of the kind of bullshit he's about. This guy's a nerd just like the rest of these fucking podcasters. 
So the next thing you know, fucking, like, this dude fucking gets all involved with him, and he's like, oh, I can't believe fucking people and this and that. Well, fucking believe it, man. You you gotta be less fucking gullible. You At some point, you gotta be an adult and be like, is it worth fucking putting my name on this shit? Is it worth fucking investing in this and this and that? And that's why for so many years that when fucking Ian Rotten was fucking people over left and right, left and right, left and right, and everyone was like, how could you fucking talk to this guy on the fucking podcast? How could you, you know be all right with this guy's like because I never gave him any opportunity to fuck me. He's always been good to me. We've had some great conversations. Everything's been fine, but I'm not sending him fucking $300 and being like, oh, hopefully he sends me those shirts. Like, I'm not fucking dealing with him like that. I'm not doing that type of business with this guy. The uh, one time we pre-purchased tickets for the King of the Death Match 2015, we went out there, it happened, everything was great. That was that. But I wasn't going to continually spin that fucking wheel, roll those fucking dice, play that fucking lottery that I knew I wasn't going to fucking win. How many times you got to watch like, oh, Ian Rotten again. Oh, that's Ian. Oh, he didn't go to the post office yet to the point where he's he's in on his own jokes where he's like, here's a picture of me at the post office. I know you won't believe it if I just say it like. This is this has been an ongoing thing, and if you're gonna continue to be like, yeah, I I don't know, this time I just I don't know, I sent the money. Well, then then you're an asshole, and and I can't fucking, and I can't back what you're fucking saying with like some kind of like respect and be like, well, I wish you luck. Like, no, fuck off. You're an asshole. So it's just it's just insane that people still take this fucking this, this crazy road. And when I post the whole fucking thing to begin with. I said, like, yeah, like, uh, I have a few people on my friends list in here. Does anybody legitimately think this dickhead is paying 24 people, not counting non-tournament, for two days? Shit is absolutely not happening. No John Gray showed up on that post where everybody else was saying, like, no, absolutely not, absolutely not, absolutely not. He waited till I took it a step further and told people to fucking kill themselves. And then he's like, oh, what about the guys on the show? And it's like, dude, I just fucking... <laughs> it's the same boat, man. Um So yeah. Um that that's that's the whole thing, that whole death match thing, this and that. Um Real quick, because I want to get into the fifty one fifty show. Um I watched some uh the WWE uh fucking only thing I want to talk about is the, the main, which was Lacey Evans and Baron Corbin versus Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch. And I fucking like this. I was surprised by a lot of this. Again, I kind of just got that thing where it was like, I'm just sitting here. I could just turn it on. I guess I'll just fucking turn it on, watch that shit. And I did. And I did a bunch of that over the weekend between this show and that. And um, I just fucking turned it on. I, I watched that thing. And um, yeah. I mean, this was, uh, you know, it was very surprising. And the things that really stuck out to me is Lacey Evans. Um, she had this, you know, uh, what other Southern Belle gimmick or whatever. And I really didn't know much about her, but I saw a couple things, um, clips and this and that. And she's got like a legit fucking punch that they're letting her just like punch bitches in the face. Like, that's pretty fucking cool. Um, they're letting her just straight hit people, which, um, I mean, you would expect them to have done that with Rhonda. Because Ronda, when she was she was still throwing these like silly, crazy gut punches and stuff, but they brought this Lacey Evans chick up, and she's just like punching people in the jaw, which like fucking all right, like I, I'm tuning in. And then she did like this fucking like uh, spring up off like sitting on the turnbuckle, um, like 
I don't know what you want to call it, but like springboard moonsault and it shit look crisp as hell. A lot of her stuff is looking really fucking good. So um, I, I got to give her credit for that because she's one of the newer chicks that, that has been uh, brought up in the WWE. And, and I think the stuff she's doing out there looks pretty fucking good. Yeah, I mean, for us to have seen like that main event of WrestleMania that was completely lackluster and so many fucking balls dropped on that. And you see this fucking supposedly uprising women's division on AEW that's been nothing but trash for the most part. And, and now, you know, you get someone like this that comes up and is doing some pretty crisp st- stuff out there. You know, not to say that she's fucking Eddie Guerrero or anything, but in the same token, she's doing some pretty impressive shit out there for some somebody that's pretty new and immediately was getting like, ah, who the fuck is this? Ah, another blonde broad, who the fuck? Yeah, everybody was immediately like, ah, fuck this bitch. I don't know. I mean, I, I think she's she's uh, showing herself pretty quick. So uh, there's that. And then the finish where, like, this, this fucking hit another level. Now, WWE has continuously got criticized for all oh, the PG, PG, PG. Well, AEW, oh, we got the edge. We're going to be the edgy product. We're going to be adult entertainment. Well, uh, Tony Khan came out and said, oh, oh. Never have intergender wrestling. I don't believe in that. It's like domestic violence is terrible. We're not doing any of that. We're not doing any of that. Except for, you know, every Nyla Rose is an intergender match. And that's not even to disrespect. But if she's transgender up against women, that's intergender. Like, it's not women versus women. It's transgender versus women. And that's intergender. So nothing wrong with it. It's fine. But stop taking the fucking high road and going, we're not doing intergender. And then just pretending like that shit isn't going on. Because it is. It absolutely is. And take it for what it's worth, but to say, like, we're counting this type of wrestling out, again, I'm not clamoring for it, but in the same token, like, why are you even putting that out there like that? Because why not leave the fans wondering, when is this going to happen? Oh, shit, this big bad motherfucker just slid in the ring. Uh, What's going to happen with this girl? Like, oh, you already know nothing, because he put out pretty much a press release saying, like, oh, not into that, not doing it. Which is crazy, because leaving people guessing is, is a way better thing, you know? Um... I mean, if people were only going to tune in for that, which I can't imagine, but if people were only going to tune in for that and you jumped out ahead of it saying, oh, I'm not doing it, then that kind of burned a little bridge there. Um, the fucking, so anyway, um, WWE, and they had a longstanding thing of not doing any intergender anything. Like, there would be, if there was a mixed tag, like, as soon as, the, like, the guy would tag in, the girl would tag out. If the girl tagged in, when the even the heel was in the ring, the heel would tag out to the heel female video games for years like they had some uh wwe video games if you were in a mixed tag match and you were the dude and hit the girl in the match they dq you other ones like your controller would just like autopilot your guy out of the ring like (laughs) the the girl would tag in you go to walk forward and it would just be like nope headed towards the corner and he would just get the fuck out so this is a big thing I don't think, hey, yeah, we need, uh, you know, full-on man versus woman matches, but for the heel to attack the babyface's girl in a mixed tag match, put fucking emotion into this match. So Baron Corbin, who I've otherwise thought was trash every time I've seen him, hit um, Becky Lynch with the fucking finish. And it set fucking Seth Rollins on fire. Motherfucker, you saw, like, anger in this dude. He was, like, fucking furious. He was curb-stomping the shit out of... 
dude, and it was like, yo, okay, now we hit a fucking, we hit some kind of switch here. Now there's emotion. And, and it was like, wow, okay, like, I popped for that. I was like, oh, shit, he just fucking, you know, because they've strayed away from it for so long that it was special when it happened. So, again, I don't think that they should do overkill with it and just like, up, oh, broke the seal, now it's all in. You know, no pun intended, but it's it's something else that's on the table now. That you don't know what's gonna happen if this bad guy's in the ring and who he's gonna clear the fuck out when he runs through the locker room. You don't know who's getting thrown through a fucking wall or who who's getting attacked. Doesn't matter, you know. Then maybe now the the uh, the female interviewer in the back isn't safe when the fucking guy is pissed off and she approaches him after the match. And what's your thoughts on this? And like. You know, tread lightly because this motherfucker might grab her, you know, like you just don't know, you know, um, so I, I like it. And afterwards, uh, you know, something else I like is Brock Lesnar cashed in, won the fucking title, which I've always liked Brock um, because he's a believable dude. He's a big fucking bad dude. who You know, who could legitimately hurt pretty much anyone in that fucking locker room. And I like that. And the other thing I, I've grown to like is because I just, I, I've gotten to the point where I really don't like wrestling fans. And, like, when they get overly invested in things and they go too fucking emotional about things, I, I like when they're upset sometimes. So when the fucking internet erupts and, like, Brock doesn't even show up anymore. Like, why the fuck does he still have the belt? Like, I'm just, like, I smile a little bit. Because it's like, you know what, good. Because it's not real. <laughs> and And it works. The WWE isn't, like, hemorrhaging money to the point where, like, oh, they, they might close up shop. Like, they're still making tremendous amount of money. And and it goes along the lines of the same kind of thing that I've said about my own viewership. Like, a lot of times it's not for you. You know, they're still selling fucking T-shirts to the people they want to sell T-shirts to. You're mad about Brock. <laughs> and you're still fucking watching it every goddamn week, so... I'm not, and when I watch people fucking losing their minds over Brock every Monday or Tuesday night on fucking Facebook, I go, that's good. <laughs> All right. So Brock winning the fucking title back works for me. I it's, I, I think it's fun. Um. So yeah. Um. That that's that's all I saw on that, and uh, just wanted to put that out there. Um. Let's get into the fifty one fifty show. Um. Now let let me let me say this right off the bat. The entry of the show was fucking awesome. Um uh, so I don't know what the fuck she's trying to tell me. But um yeah, I um the fifty one fifty show is something that is 100% deserved. Homicide getting honored in this fashion is so deserved. And the fact that they all had a great time out there and did what they wanted to do and got a good feeling out of what went down in the building and, and the, the, the place where it was held and bringing old fucking wrestlers together that used to fucking run together, you know, from the, you know, Jay Lover out there, pretty sure I saw him, and, you know, the deranged, and the this guy, and the that guy, and the ghost shadow back, and all this other stuff, like, he, he deserves this, 
So as far as that goes, it doesn't matter even the content of the show. It's a success because Homicide deserved this. The open of the show where they played the video of Homicide talking about his, his, his upbringing through the... It's awesome. Absolutely fucking awesome. Now, when... Again, when I talk about the show, when I talk about these things, it's because the standard has been set by wrestling. So this is how I judge things. It's not about the meaning or the feeling or the this or the that. Like I said... All due respect to everything Homicide has done, he deserves this 100%. And if he feels great about what that show was and how it went down, then fucking awesome. That's all it needs to be had. I can speak about the match quality, the quality of the show, and that doesn't really connect with what I just said. As It's a separate topic. So going into what this show actually was. Uh, Jimmy Lloyd, Matt Travis, don't care. I don't give a fuck about Jimmy Lloyd. I really don't. Um, he's had some pretty good performances, some, uh, standout performances, but when it comes down to it, I just don't give a shit about his matches. He doesn't have a good personality. He's got this, like, uh, an awkward or a different kid is his, that's not a, it's not a real gimmick. It's just weird fucking shit that that's great for these fans that are just into whatever the fuck goes on. This is like catering towards these people. Um, Philly's Most Wanted versus uh, Monster Mac and uh, Kyle the Beast. I like this a lot. Um, always love Jesus' work. Uh, they, they did really good shit out here. I miss Joker in the ring a lot. I mean, that dude is, is a hard-hitting. He's another one of those guys that that brings that intensity, that, um, that toughness that I miss in wrestling. You know, you don't know, like, yeah, he's, he's going to fuck this guy up. Like, you know, like if a guy talks the right amount of shit, like he, he might actually fucking hurt somebody to prove a fucking point in this match. And not even specifically this match, but just in general, like he brings that fucking, that question mark, that intensity into the ring where you go, okay, no question. This, this is some real shit here. And this was good. I like this. Eddie Kingston, Matt Justice. This is supposed to be Eddie Kingston, Chris Dickinson. Uh, Dickinson, I think, was hurt earlier in the weekend, so wasn't able to make this show. Um, I, I can't say I cared a whole lot about this match. Uh, shout out to Eddie Kingston. Great fucking dude. Uh, had a real big moment this weekend with Evolve being on WWE Network. Um, big shout out to that fucking guy. Uh, much love there. Uh, next up was Teddy Hart, Grim Reefer, Pinky Sanchez, Nate Webb. I don't give a fuck. You walk out with the cat, I tune the fuck out. I don't give a fuck about you. Um, I hope you get hit by a fucking bus and you're not holding a cat when when it happens. Pinky has become like um, a complete... He's another one of those dudes that, that had the fucking world in the palm of his hands. He's got all the charisma in the world, but it, he, he's, 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 not, he's not focused. He's not focused at all. He's stuck in this fucking little little scene here this little new new york new jersey mostly new york scene new york new jersey philly scene he's stuck in that he's too entertained by the cat thing so I, i'm not a big fan anymore and he's he's like kind of trolly about that type of shit yeah i mean so I don't, I don't really i don't really respect that so i tune out you guys could do anything under the fucking sun you know but teddy hart like beyond the fucking cat stuff like the guy just pretty much does moves 
you want to talk about people who have no psychology, before you say a fucking word about the Young Bucks, please make sure you, you mention that Teddy Hart shouldn't be wrestling. Because he just picks people up and does a move. And then picks a guy up and does another move. And then does another move. And then jumps to the outside. And then jumps to the top rope. Fucking, hey, come on, fans. I'm doing it for you guys. Uh, and, and give me the cat. Let me wave that around for a while. Like, it's all bullshit. It's all bullshit. Talented move-wise. Like, he does, he has he has great physical ability. But, but he's got the brain of a fucking sandwich. He's just dumb. Next match is Deranged, Laredo Kid, Gringo Loco, Azriel, Ophidian, Ghost Shadow, and Black Zemus. I, it's all right. I mean, just a lot going on. Deranged wins. I, I don't know. I mean, Deranged is another guy. He's all over the fucking place. One minute he was Deranged, then he wasn't Deranged. He was masked, he was unmasked, and he was Indigo Kid, and he's back at Deranged. And, like, he just, you know, he has his rap career, he's Element. He's doing a bunch of things. He, like, he just he hasn't been able to stay focused long enough to just continue pushing himself. This dude is a great fucking uh, cruiserweight wrestler. This dude should be on fucking television. But he just, he, he lost focus. He started being all over the fucking place and doing just whatever worked for that show and this and that. It doesn't take away from his talent, but he just, he hasn't held a fucking consistent pace for long enough to really develop himself. Like, he's his own worst enemy as far as wrestling goes that way. Uh, 51-50 over the top, Battle Royal. Jimmy Ray wins. I don't care. Um, next match is Loki beating Joey Janela. This is bullshit because this had a year build. Uh, Joey Janela talking consistent shit on, on Loki for all this time. If anything, should have stood out and been an absolute fucking murderous match. This should have been a fucking legendary match. It was a nice little match. wasn't anything wrong with it, but you knew what you were getting right from the start. Because as soon as the match started, Loki started bumping like crazy for fucking Janela strikes. I mean, this is a guy who's just fresh off of that fucking Enzo situation. And as soon as he's hitting fucking Loki with a forearm or a stomp, he's fucking leaping backwards, flying like he's getting hit by, you know, uh, the baddest motherfucker in the business. Like, Kobashi just hit him in the fucking chest. It's Joey Janela, you know? So that's, uh, that you, you kind of knew what you were getting there. They did a couple little door spots and everything else, and, and, you know, it was what it was. There was nothing wrong with the match, but the amount of build and the amount of supposed hatred there was and anger and all that, Joey must have been kissing his ass completely backstage because there wasn't any actual heat when it came to the ring. There was tons of heat online. There was tons of heat built up. There was all this build, all this build, and the payoff was just like a match, as if these guys had no issue with each other at all. Um, I've seen way more brutal low-key matches out of matches with fucking guys he, he definitely liked. You know, so this was this was just uh, subpar. The build was huge. The build was as big as it could have been. The, this absolutely should have been the main event of the show. Joey Janela's super over. Super, super over. Low-key... And look, Loki might be somewhat irrelevant in the independent game, independent game at this point, but we're talking about New York. We're talking about homicide show. Loki is definitely over in this this specific situation and tied to Joey Janela, who there was a built up heat through. There was a beat built up angle through. You know, I mean this had a bigger build than any fucking thing in GCW in its history, probably. 
So um, that that was what it was. The next one was uh, Homicide Hernandez versus uh, Santana and Ortiz. So like uh, LAX LAX match. This was you know look again. These guys are all friends. These guys are all good. I've seen way better matches out of these two teams against each other on other shows. Way better matches. I think they had a bloodbath in fucking Jersey All Pro. Um, like, the, I mean, it, the real shit. Like, if I've seen better matches out of two teams and they go out there and they put on a match that's not as good as it, that's that's what it is. And they had a good time and all that, but like some of the shit is corny. It's like Hernandez is going to flip off EYFBO. Like, yeah, fuck you. I ain't going to give you, you know, any kind of respect before the match. But, like, we've seen you guys pay each other respect. And, and 10 minutes later, you guys are holding each other up and high-fiving and hugging and all that other shit right after the match. So I'm not buying your middle fingers when we already know it's not on that level. We know there's no fucking heat there. You guys have all the fucking love in the world for each other. So why, why insult my intelligence and play fuck you level shit if, you know, a minute later it's going to be like, oh, no, nah, you're my boy. Like, oh, all right. But I knew that, you know. So it, it's just it's just that little bit of, like, insult to your intelligence that to me is like, okay, well, what are we doing? So then let's let's go into the fucking last one. Nick fucking Gage or Nick freaking Sage, depending on who you want to talk, versus Low Life Louie. This was supposed to be this big fucking main event. Low Life Louie getting his big shot at Nick Gage. First time ever. First time ever GCW title. All of this other shit. This is New York, man. You can't bleed in fucking New York. This this has been a continuous fucking thread over a long time now. That New York doesn't allow this type of shit. You can't do blood. You can't do violence. You can't do weapons. You can't do all this in New York. They apparently were told that backstage had a bunch of plans, a bunch of weapons, a bunch of this, a bunch of that. State Athletic Commission said, nope, can't do it. Gage decided, Louis decided, whoever the fuck decided, doing it anyway. Bring out a pizza cutter. Does not check if it's fucking sharp or not. Thinks it's dulled down, it's gimmick, whatever the fucking case is. Doesn't check it. It takes you a half a second to run your thumb across it to see before you fucking drive it and dragging it across another man's head. Which is the the precaution he didn't take. Now that's on Gage. That's on fucking Brett. That's on fucking everybody who had any involvement in this match being put together. It's on Louis. It's on everybody. And the only reason this shit is even cool is because it's Louis. And Louis are right with it. If that shit would have happened to Arquette. If that shit would have happened to like fucking when he wrestled Chris Dickinson. This dude put like a Frankenstein scar across the top of fucking Louie's head, cut an artery and all this shit. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Open the whole top of his fucking head. So Louie fucking puts the t-shirt to his head, runs to the fucking back. Louie, because Louie's fucking crazy, he wants to just fucking like tape the shirt to his head or some shit and go the fuck back out there. That's not fucking happening. State Athletic Commission's like, well, what the fuck? So... He's back there. The fucking athletic commission's taking pictures of the pizza cutter in the ring. You already know what the fuck's happening there. If GCW runs in New York again, it'll be a fucking miracle. I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that's a fucking done deal. Um, so what happens next is Gage gets on the mic. Nick frickin' Sage gets on the mic. I'm so, fans, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry, fans. I'm so fucking sorry. I'm going to make it up to you guys. I'm so fucking sorry. 
Again, own this shit, man. It was a fucking accident. It wasn't what you were supposed to do. All of this shit, you should take fucking responsibility for that 100%. Go apologize in the back. But once this fucking guy's head's cut open, fucking get on the mic and be like, that's what happens when you fuck with the king. I apologize to you fans for believing that this motherfucker could step to the god of fucking deathmatch wrestling. That's old school Nick Gage. And then when get when you get in the back, it'd be like, holy shit, Louie, I can't fucking believe I didn't check that thing. I'm so fucking sorry, dude. We're going to have a rematch on this shit, whatever. But get on the mic and be like, you're lucky I'm not doing that to everybody in the fucking attendance who was cheering for Louie before this fucking match. I told you what the fuck I do out here. You better send me some fucking competition or more motherfuckers are getting their heads cut open. Like, fucking own it. This is professional wrestling. I mean, why are we just going to fucking blow down the fourth fucking wall where, like, major shit like this happens, and then we're just going to go, sorry, guys, I don't know, like, I, you know, I, this is not what I wanted to happen, you know, fuck everything, oh, fuck the police, uh, the police, what the fuck did the police have to do with you being unprofessional, not checking the fucking thing before you smash this guy in the fucking head with it, before you drug it back and forth across the head, like, like the fucking pizza I cut for my family earlier tonight when I, when I, before I did this show, you know what I mean? What the, what the fuck is going on? So so fucking what happens next? Because the, you know, uh, Jimmy Lloyd runs out in his fucking socks to wrestle the fucking god of deathmatch wrestling in his fucking socks. Get out of here, man! What the fuck is going on? So after this show, I'm supposed to go like, yo, that that was amazing. What are you talking about? That was some crazy unprofessional shit to end this fucking show. Crazy unprofessional shit. And then, like, you, you cover up, look, yeah, fucking all, all all fucking props go to Jimmy Lloyd for trying to fill in, try to fucking make sure that the, the show just didn't end with them standing there and shit like this. Take another fucking 30 seconds to put your goddamn boots on. Or at least, like, fucking pull your fucking socks off as much as I hate fucking feet or barefoot anything and run out there like a fucking hillbilly. You run out there with your fucking socks on. You, you look like you're going to get the mail. Like, what, what, you're going to fight Nick Gage? This guy, is, he's had the fucking belt for two years. You're in your socks wrestling this fucking guy? What am I supposed to believe now? What, what, what move am I supposed to believe that's going on? He just apologized to the fucking crowd. He's so sorry, and now I got a guy in socks wrestling him the fuck is going on man this is why this shit isn't for me so that that's that's the show guys you know that's that's the fucking show and um again you know it's not me trolling when i respond to somebody saying hey um why why is fucking uh you know anthony anthony austin going on and being like that show was beyond incredible what was it really uh, okay, again, Homicide deserves the respect and honor of this show being a thing in general. And if he got a bunch of these motherfuckers together, they all stood in the fucking building and fucking lit blunts and fucking high-fived and fucking took shots of tequila and shit like that, and that made his fucking night, then that's fucking, man, all due respect. But if we're going to go on the quality of wrestling show, if we're going to judge this wrestling show as we would judge any other wrestling show, then no, I can't give the show any credit for being awesome or good or great. Yeah, I mean, but again, all praise due to fucking homicide and the amount of things he's done for this business, in this business, 
and uh, an absolute veteran and legend. A living, fucking, working, still wrestling legend. Wealth of knowledge. One of the fucking best guys. One of the realest motherfuckers out there. All respect to Homicide. So, th- that's just, just just the way I fucking see it. The way I view this fucking show. Um, I think that's all I got. Um, uh, I didn't really watch AEW. I saw, like, the... I watched The Six Man. Apparently, I guess, MJF got injured and has pulled off some other shows and shit like that. Um, so, that that's not fucking good. Um, a lot of it just looked kind of sloppy. I wasn't really impressed by that match at all with a lot of talent in there and everything. So, um, but I think the next show that they do in August is going to be like the big one, all out, all in, all, all about, I I don't know what the fuck it's, it's called, but, um, so I'll watch that one. I'll watch and review that one at the end of August. I don't know if there's anything else coming up that I even want to watch. So, again, I, I don't know what I have as far as, like, next week or whatever the fucking case is. Um, at some point or another, i definitely like to get together with uh, Shaheen and the Wrestling Soup guys. We had talked about that thing. Shout out to those guys. I've been listening to their shit a lot more lately. Uh, they have some really good takes on a lot of stuff. So, shout out to Wrestling Soup. Uh, shout out to Shaheen at the Wrestling Overdose uh, and uh, Hostile City Graphics, uh, Nuclear Heat. Nuclear heat, I think. Yeah, nuclear heat is what he's going with. And, uh, you know, you you, got to commission this guy for some shit. I mean, you want a t-shirt, you want a poster, you want anything, you want the fucking art to get it done. You go through this guy, nuclear heat graphics. He's doing his thing over there. Um, So, yeah, check him out. And, uh, like I said, the Wrestling Overdose, I believe he put out episode four tonight for the Patreon, and uh, I think tomorrow it'll be available for the regular public. I don't know what he's got going on there, who he had on. He did the solo thing, not really sure. Check out my boy Jeremy. And I got your five stars. I think he's having on John Wayne Murdoch. Uh, shit, man, I don't know if he's going to run a campaign out there trying to get himself some more pizza money, but it looks like he's got a, a, a pizza money mark. Uh, you know, years ago, he was begging for pizza money from fans. Uh, if he met you once, he'd hit you up in a DM, asking him to send him money for pizza and, and all sorts of bum shit like that. But he looks like he's got his fucking pizza money because Jesus Christ, that motherfucker's carved up. Um, so, yeah, check out all, all those fucking people I just mentioned. Uh, I think that's everything I got. Um, I, like I said, I got this fucking big race in 100-degree weather on Saturday. I am looking forward to it and dreading it all at the same time, but I am going to go out there and give it every fucking thing I got. And, uh, yeah, just, just fucking go from there. Um, I don't think there's any fucking thing else, man. I don't think so. I, I think I covered it all, and... Uh, yeah, wrestling suit, nuclear heat. Oh, uh, check out Dirt Sheet Dudes over there with Boxman and Anthony. Uh, they're doing their thing. You know, when Shaheen went his way with Wrestling Overdose, they went their thing with Dirt Sheet Dudes. They're still giving me shout-outs on Twitter and everything out. I don't want to let them let them down or uh, leave them out. I'm always big on people plugging people who plug me, so uh, shout-out to them as well. And, uh, yeah, so I think that's about all I got. I'm hit you with this... Uh, this little joint one more time and then uh i'll take you out of here all right peace